Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the U.S. and around the world. In fact, our services are offered at over 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. On today's show, which is being brought to you in part by AZI and Morphotech, we are thrilled to welcome the director of the hilarious and powerful feature film, 5050, opening in theaters nationwide on Friday, September 30th. Directed by Jonathan Levine and written by Will Reiser, the movie features a talented, star-studded cast, including Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anna Kendrick, Angelica Houston, and Bryce Dallas Howard. 5050 has been making national headlines for its uh, comedic and heartfelt portrayal of a young person living with cancer. Cancer can be devastating, but it can also be funny. Uh, 50-50 does a fantastic job of walking this line through poignant and at times heart-wrenching moments with some laugh-out-loud funny experiences along the way. Uh, I'm honored to welcome Jonathan Levine, director of 50-50, for a behind-the-scenes peek into what it was like to make a film about cancer and the real-life inspiration behind the, to- the story it tells. Uh, Jonathan is a film director, a screenwriter, who received critical acclaim at the 2008 Sundance Film Festival for his film, The Wackness. Thanks for being here, Jonathan. Thank you for having me, Kim. Uh, we're we're going to jump right in uh, uh, and uh, start this conversation, and we've got a couple of other guests joining us a little bit later in the show to talk a little bit more about the experience of young adults and cancer. But um, let's start, Jonathan. Give us a brief summary uh, of what Fifty Fifty is all about. I know it's opening in theaters uh, this weekend, but uh, but give us that synopsis so our listeners can can be up to speed with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's inspired by Will Reiser's real life. Um, battle with cancer, and, and you know, in, when he was uh, 25, um, he got a very rare form of cancer, and, um, and he happened to be best friends with Seth Rogen, and Seth was with him as he was going through this, and as he mm. was fighting this fight, and, you know, I, I, the two of them, I think, had no choice but to sort of laugh through it. Um, and, you know, they, they came up with, with this idea of sort of a buddy comedy, um, you know, where one of the guys is, is, is facing cancer and the other guy, you know, wants to be a good friend but has no idea how to handle it. Um, and that's, you know, and, and the project evolved and, and, and became what is now 50-50. And, um, 
it's uh, you know it, it's it's uh, it's it's got humor and it's got um, some some very kind of intense dramatic moments. But I think what really what really uh, made me gravitate toward it was 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 the tone and was the the ability to have laugh out loud funny uh, right next to you know incredibly intense. So how so Jonathan? How did you uh, find out about the project? Get get uh, introduced to it. I mean, you know, you said for personal reasons you really wanted to work um, on this project. Why was it so important for you to be able to direct this film? Well, I, you know, I think it's very rare that that you you get a script like this. And 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 what Will was able to do in in turning what he went through into something that's so heartfelt and yet so you know it's never manipulative. It's never you know his script never kind of pushes you in any in any direction. It really just captures what I found to be kind of uh, a, a very true to life tone. Um, and you know, I had always wanted to work with Seth and Evan, uh, the the two producers, and obviously Seth Rogen as an actor as well. Um, um, and you know, but it was it was really the script that 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 and 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 the tone that Will was able to capture that that made me fall in love with the project. Um, you know, we want Jonathan. We want to hear a clip uh, from the film. Um, we're going to play a clip that demonstrates how the film really does manage to find humor uh, in some difficult situations. Just to set it up, in this scene, uh, Adam, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and his best friend Kyle, as you said, played by uh, Seth Rogen, go to a bar. <laughs> uh, to pick up women using Adam's recent cancer diagnosis as a conversation conversation starter uh, for women in a pickup line in uh, in bars. Uh, l- yeah. l- let's listen to that uh, clip for a minute. You really think that a girl's going to go for me just because I have cancer? For the millionth time, yes! Help me help you get laid. You think that would work? It would totally work. All right, let's do it. Lots of hot girls. Okay, right yep. there. All right. Blue shirt. Just, Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Just talk. Just spark up a conversation. Hey, how's it going? Okay. Uh, you know what I do? Get into the cancer thing faster. Faster? Faster. <laughs> I mean, she didn't say that. I know, to me. but it's, it's your hook, man. It's what you got. It's, you know? So what just. That's the first thing I say. I'm just like, hello, I have cancer. That's what makes you different. It's what sets you apart. It's, you know, you're sympathetic. Okay, okay. Just try it. Okay. What year is it? I love that guy. It's a great song. Totally. I have cancer. I was wrong. I was wrong. It was was weird. It's weird like that. It's not, it it doesn't sound cool. So, Jonathan, you know, this clip shows just how uh, true to life and really boundary breaking this film is in terms of confronting a cultural taboo of, of cancer illness, sexuality, dating. I mean, we're getting into a lot of, uh, a lot of topics here. How did you, how did you find the right tone for a funny scene about, uh, about such a difficult topic? How did you as a director really approach that? You know, it, it's interesting. It, it, you know, the the script really, really set kind of the the, the tone um, and and gave us some some parameters. Um, but you know, whenever you're doing something like this, you you obviously you you want to be respectful to the spirit of of the struggle um, and 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 the spirit of what so many people go through, which is awful. But you also, you know, don't want to be uh, so kind of sacred about it uh, that you can't. Um, that you can't find humor in it. Um, and so, you know, it is, it is kind of a fine line to walk, but the script really kind of set the tone. And, and, the, and the great thing about the script was that it, it was, you know, it was true. It was all kind of true to life. Not that Seth and Will did this. Um, they didn't. And I don't think it's advisable to do it because it doesn't work for them. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, um, 
but it's but it was you know I think the great thing about it is they, they you know it, it it just had the guts to kind of to kind of not take not take things in this kind of sacred way because I you know from my experience and 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 from talking with Will that's not what the people going through it feel you know um, yeah and so. Um, and so the, the you know the tone really came from the script but but it is you know it is a fine line to walk and a lot of it is set in the editing room as well and we try things on set um but it you know it's it's it, again it's it's just the the what will wrote is is really what what really sets it and so is this so from will's perspective is this was the was what he wrote truly autobiographical i mean are these true life experiences or is this sort of a story in a movie that was inspired by his own experience yeah or it's can... inspired it's inspired by his own experience i mean i think that you know certainly seth is playing a version of himself in this movie and because you know he he and will will was working on the ollie g show um when he got cancer and seth yeah. was um seth was writing seth and evan were writing um for i think it was the borat character maybe it was the bruno character i, I don't i don't know but um but but you know that part is true to life. I mean, I mean, the, but I think pretty much everything else is inspired by life. And every, you know, I, I, I have some experience having done the Wackness of doing a very personal story. And you know, yeah. Will and Will and I were talking about it when when we first kind of got into pre-production. And it is important that. Um, you you don't need to be letter perfect, and in fact, some of the things that happened in Will's own life were things you would never believe in a movie. They were just so out there, um, and um, so we did have to kind of you know it, it it is inspired by it's not it's not it's not a sort of right. biopic, um, right? Yeah. And you know, Jonathan, um, you know, we we recently had the uh, the creator and executive producer of The Big C. Um, on our show, which obviously is uh, has won critical acclaim. Yeah, uh, initial. Wonderful show. Initial yeah. reviews of your movie have been terrific. Endorsements uh, from Rolling Stone, from from Vanity Fair. Um, I mean, you know, so here we are with uh, with with some cancer comedies. <laughs> you know, kind of words you you wouldn't necessarily yeah. put together. But why do you why do you think these themes are are, are resonating with audiences? What do you hope folks will will, will take away uh, from Fifty Fifty? You know, it's, it's, I, I do think that the ability to, um, you know, I do think that the ability to laugh at ourselves and laugh at our pain is a, is a very kind of uniquely special part of the human condition. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, I, I think there's, uh, it, there's also something inspiring and uplifting about being able to laugh at your pain. Um, so, I, you know, ultimately, I hope that 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 audiences find it inspiring and uplifting, and and that it, you know. Um, because I just think it's 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 remarkable um, what Will was able to do and to turn uh, a, a situation that's that that that's that's you know so difficult into something that is so positive and to to create something out of it um, to me is incredibly inspiring. So that's that's kind of what I hope for. And you know, uh, Jonathan, before we go to our break here, I know um, you know you guys have been out on the road, obviously uh, uh, doing some previews, uh, plugging the film, talking to audiences uh, uh, about it. What, what's what's the reaction been so far? What are folks saying? What kinds of questions uh, are you getting? Give us a give us a preview before uh, before the rest of us are able to see the movie starting this weekend. I mean, so far so good. People really seem to like it. We we showed it in Toronto and we. Uh, Got a two-minute standing ovation, which was kind of the greatest nice. thing I, I've ever seen. Um, and I think you know um, we have been showing it to to you know some some young adult uh, cancer survivors and and people battling cancer, and and we've been very very um, 
thrilled with with the feedback that I think people think that it's true to to the spirit of their struggle, and um, you know that's that was very very important to us. So so far so good. Is it is it uh, should folks go go this weekend thinking I mean this is a you know is it a comedy at the end of the day is it meant to inspire some other sort of social consciousness or social action or what can folks expect? You know it it I think it's funnier than than uh, you know a lot of movies you'll see. I think it's certainly a comedy first and foremost, but. But you know, we we also uh, there 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 is some depth to it. There is some, there are some intense moments, and it's kind of it's kind of a real ride, you know. I mean, it's a real kind of there's 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 just just like life, which is what kind of made me gravitate to it. There's moments of humor followed by moments of sadness, and uh, and you know, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's uh, hopefully a, a positive experience for people. Um, but it's it's uh, you know it's 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 hopefully uh, you'll laugh you'll cry as they say. <laughs> it's better than cats, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Uh, so pleased to be joined today by uh, director Jonathan Levine, director uh, of the new film Fifty Fifty, which is opening in theaters uh, this weekend. It's a, it's a, uh, again, a cancer uh, comedy which we love. It uh, does a great job of really walking this line. Uh, very funny moments, some heart wrenching moments, and um, uh, really representing uh, the the human uh, experience kind of with through and and. Uh, uh, and beyond cancer, Jonathan, uh, we're, we thank you for joining us today. We hope you and we'll uh, we'll come back for a, a lengthier conversation. Uh, d- don't go away, folks. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back with Frankly Speaking about cancer. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, brought to you in part today by Genentech and uh, Celgene. On today's show, we're talking about the show 5050, the new movie that's opening uh, this weekend. It's a, a cancer comedy. Uh, we just had a great uh, conversation with the director, uh, Jonathan Levine, and now I'd like to welcome uh, into the conversation Johnny Immerman. Uh, Johnny is a young adult testicular cancer survivor and founder of Immerman Angels, and we're going to hear a little bit more about Immerman Angels in just a moment. Moment. Uh, and also, I'd like to welcome Vicki Kennedy, a licensed clinical social worker. Uh, Vicki is the Cancer Support Community's Vice President uh, of Program Development and Delivery. Uh, I mentioned uh, this uh, film, 5050, is premiering this Friday, September 30th. It explores a young man's journey navigating life with cancer. Um, I, I'm going to just jump in here, start with you, uh, Vicki. As, as, you know, as a mental health professional, as a licensed social worker, you've certainly worked with folks with cancer of all ages and, and, and different stages of disease. But, but can you talk about some of the thoughts uh, and, and emotions that, you know, a young adult, I mean, this, you know, this guy in the movies in his 20s, a uh, young person diagnosed with cancer, you know, might experience at that diagnosis? Oh, sure. I think, you know, I think the movie does such a great job. And just as Jonathan talked about, you know, it's like real life, you know, it, there's highs and lows. And I think when certainly when people are diagnosed, there there's often a sense of shock and numbness that this has happened to them and a lot of fear and, and uncertainty while they're trying to gather more information about the diagnosis and the treatment, uh, there's just so many emotions, um, highs and lows that go on throughout that, that entire experience of cancer. So I think, you know, people, a lot of people with cancer talk about feeling this, this loss of control in their life as they know it has now changed dramatically. Uh, feeling isolated or alone, you know, that somehow even surrounded by the most loving people, you could somehow still feel really kind of alone in your fear and your concerns. Uh, and, and really the ultimate is often that kind of sense of loss of hope, finding that that kind of path through their through their treatment, uh, coping with their diagnosis that that enables them to maintain hope uh, throughout the course of the illness. So uh, you know, this movie Fifty Fifty was written by Will Riser, and it was uh, really inspired based on his own experience with being diagnosed with cancer uh, in his twenties. Um, you know, Johnny, I know that. Uh, how old were you, Johnny, when you were diagnosed with cancer? Six. Yeah, I was twenty-six years old. Twenty-six. So I mean, just yeah. right, right around the age of this guy, uh, uh, the writer Will Riser. Um, you know, and 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 clearly, Johnny, this movie brings up a lot of questions uh, and issues around how young adults. Uh, you know, are uniquely affected by cancer. I mean, you know, we heard that uh, uh, the clip in the first segment where they, they, you know, they go out to a bar and try to use his, his, you know, Adam's recent cancer diagnosis as a conversation starter, a way to pick up women. Um, so, uh, so, so obviously a lot of unique issues that, that come up in this movie. But, but tell us from a real-life experience, uh, your own experience, Johnny, as a young adult cancer survivor, um, what were the issues and questions that kind of flooded into your mind when you were diagnosed with cancer? 
Yeah, thank you, Kim, and thank you, Vicky, for having me on. I'm flattered to be here. Um, it's a great question. You know, at 26 years old, I was single, uh, living in Michigan at the time. Now I'm in Chicago, but, you know, you're a 26-year-old single kid. I was a bunch of buddies up in grad school. We were all hanging out. That was the day I got diagnosed, and um, just living life, going to the gym, doing your thing, trying to build your career. There's a lot of challenges that go on. Dating ones, of course, you're trying to find somebody um, and then try to build your career out really iron out who you are even as a person in your 20s uh, and then the cancer diagnosis definitely throws a wrench into pretty much all of that um, it was hard it was really hard for me you know um, I went into chemo and surgeries and treatments that lasted um, including a recurrence about two two and a half years and uh, I felt off my flow I felt um, that my rhythm of life was off socially I felt unconfident my emotional confidence was a 0.00 on the scale mm-hmm. below I've ever been in my life by far and uh, you just you know you're just rattled and yeah uh, it, it was a tough one it was the toughest time of my life by far so so Vicki I mean some of those emotions that Johnny is uh, uh, describing are the, you know are those pretty typical I mean you know obviously it's it's a it's a difficult thing for anybody to be uh, diagnosed with cancer, but, you know, what's the difference for, for a guy like Johnny, you know, young, working, building, career, dating, 26 years old versus, let's say, someone, you know, in their, in their 60s? I mean, what, you know, what's the, the difference that we're looking at here? Well, you know, doesn't it just kind of defy the order of things, you know, when you're kind of at the prime of your life and you're you're working on, on your schooling or your career and your relationships, you're building a family perhaps, all of those things are kind of, that period of your life in your 20s and 30s is just so filled with um, hope and excitement and energy towards adulthood. And, you know, over, over 70,000 Americans in this age group are diagnosed each year. That's like one every eight minutes, a young adult. Mm. And so mm. we often think of cancer as a cancer, as a disease of older people. And yeah. in reality, there's a lot of young adults who, at the very prime of their life, are now facing very um, intensive treatments, life life-changing um, decision-making around around their relationships, their work, their life. And, and, and I'm sure, as Johnny can attest, it can change the path of your life. Not necessarily for the worst, but it can change the path of how you thought your life was going to turn out. You know, Johnny, um, uh, you know, one of the things that we see in this movie is uh, – you know, Adam, when he's diagnosed with cancer, trying to trying to tell his friends, you know, trying to tell his family um, that he has cancer, and 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 you know, maybe trying to to, to anticipate or maybe navigate what their reaction is to um, to that news. What what was it like telling your your friends and and your family that you had cancer at 26 years old? Kim, that is such a thoughtful, insightful question. Uh, when I got diagnosed, I was by myself. And um, I was working in commercial real estate by day, wearing a suit and tie and all that. Definitely a different life than I live today. And I was doing school at night, and I was between classes, and I was trying for two hours after work before school at night to just go into the urologist and get this checked out thinking it was just maybe an infection or something, not, not cancer. And I remember so vividly, my doctor was amazing and told me one-on-one and sat down with me, you have cancer. And you know, Lance Armstrong, he was a survivor and you know, we want you to beat this. And he was very hopeful 
But the yeah. hardest thing in the world is telling your family and your friends mm. because what you do is you pull them into the same boxing ring that you're already in. You know, it's your fight, your war, your battle. But when you pull your mom in, you know how a mom's going to look at their 26-year-old son uh, who has cancer, and it's going to hit as deep as it possibly could hit. And so I drove home to my mom's house right from being diagnosed. I remember this like it was yesterday, the early Nokia phones back in like 2001. But I had yeah. a cell phone, and I called my brother on the way there. And I remember he answered the phone, and I said, you know, Jeff, I, I just got back from the doctor, and I have, I've got, I, I, I've got, I've got, I literally physically couldn't say the word I have mm. cancer to my brother, who's my best friend in the world. I talked to him every day, and I did then as well. It took me, I don't know how many, 30 seconds to spit the word out. Because I knew when you drop that cancer word, your, your word, your brother, is in the same battle. And, uh, and then I drove to my mom's house after I was able to tell my brother and told my mom in person. And, and I just sat on my porch and said, Mom, I need to tell you something right away. And you could just see fear in her face. And there's just no way to get around it. But that's what you see. And it, it almost hurts you more than it is to hear it yourself. Because you realize that they feel so powerless. They can't reach in like a mom always wants to do for a child and pull this thing out. In this case, you can't. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, Johnny, in this movie, Fifty Fifty, there are some, some funny, uh, you know, some funny moments. I mean, we heard the clip about, uh, you know, Adam trying to, you know, using the cancer card to pick up girls. And we know there's a scene where, you know, he's trying to decide whether to shave his head because uh, he's going to start chemo. Um, were, were, were you and your friends ever able to, to laugh about aspects of, of the cancer experience once you got through the initial diagnosis? Were there any lighter or, or you know, or funny moments through that? A ton of them. Let me tell you one thing we've learned now that it's been 10 years and we've been through this backwards and forwards and what I do every day, just like you, Kim, you're talking to people, helping people, you get so much more comfortable. Um, you, you, you need to find a way to do that fast, in my opinion. The sooner the better. And my, with my family, um, after the initial shock, we jumped into humor immediately. And my family is, uh, they're pretty funny. Um, and so the best story I can tell you, um, and my friends were great. My family was amazing. But the best story, middle of chemo one day, I'm sitting there on my little chemo bed and um, kind of going into my chemo, you know, chemo brain haze, kind of half here, half not here. And my mom walks back in the room and says, you know, we're at the hospital. And she walks back into my room and says, oh, Johnny, your cousin's in California. They sent you a package. I got all excited, and I came out of my chemo fog, and I sort of sit up in my bed, and I grab the package, and I open this box up, and it's a two-gallon uh, container, a plastic container of cashews. And I read the note. It says, Johnny, heard you need some nuts. <laughs> and I'm a testicular cancer survivor. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I'm a testicular cancer survivor. So, of course, the first step, you have your left testicle or whatever testicle it is cut out. And I thought that was the freaking funniest thing I'd ever seen. We took the note. We put it up on the wall. My nurses were crying. They were laughing so hard. Like, no one's ever done this before. <laughs> and it stayed up there the whole week of chemo. But here's the reality. You've got to be able to laugh. You know, it's such an intense situation. It's hard on everyone. It's stressful. There's sleepless nights. We all know it's not an easy fight. But if you don't make it funny or you don't pick things to laugh at, you, yeah. you basically, you, you're, you're missing out because yeah. you have to find a way to do that to ease up some I, of this Yeah. Pain. 
I know, Johnny, at our, all of our affiliates around the country, they have an event called Laugh Fest, where, where we have all these uh, cancer survivors who come in and tell, uh, you know, and uh, tell jokes, and usually it's a potluck, and everybody just brings some food, and, and um, they tell jokes, and they, you know, just have a great time to try to kind of light, lighten the mood a little bit. Um, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking today about the new film Fifty Fifty, uh, which explores the young adult uh, cancer experience. Uh, we're so pleased to have uh, Jonathan Levine, uh, the director, on the show. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, and we will be right back. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The cancer support community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. On today's show, we're talking about the soon-to-be-released film 5050, which follows a young man dealing with a cancer diagnosis. The film has a star-studded cast, including Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anna Kendrick, Angelica Houston, and Bryce Dallas Howard. Earlier, we heard from the film's director, Jonathan Levine, who talked about the real-life inspiration uh, behind this compelling story, uh, writer uh, Will Riser using his own cancer experience uh, uh, to write the screenplay uh, for 50-50. Um, so pleased now to be joined by Johnny Immerman, founder of Immerman's Angels. 
uh, and a young adult cancer survivor, and Vicki Kennedy, a licensed clinical social worker and vice president of program development and delivery uh, here at the Cancer Support Community. I'd like to take a moment to talk about the ways, uh, Vicki, at the Cancer Support Community that we offer support to young people affected by cancer and their families. Uh, you know, our online community for teens is called Group Loop, uh, a place for teens affected by cancer to meet and connect. We also have support groups, educational lectures, exercise programs, social events for young adults to interact with one another through our network of, of uh, more than 50 uh, affiliates around the country. And certainly, uh, you know, program topics in these conversations include dating, uh, workplace issues, fertility, uh, finding love after cancer, um, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll give you some websites to check out at the uh, towards the end of our show. But um, you know, Vicky, we often talk about how cancer doesn't just affect the person who's diagnosed, but but certainly friends uh, and families as well. And and uh, you know, some great stories from Johnny, um, uh, and 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 heart wrenching as well in terms of telling his his, his mom, telling his brother, um, but also some lighthearted moments from from friends and family. Um, what, what are some of the issues, Vicki, faced by the caregivers uh, of young adults, whether you know, parents, siblings, girlfriends, boyfriends, spouses, um, as they, they support their loved ones through the cancer experience? Well, I think, you know, as Johnny shared, it's, uh, it's a, has a profound impact um, on, on your entire circle around you. And for, for parents especially, it's at a difficult time often when that young adult is, is really launched out into their own life and their independence. I think there's a great scene in the movie where um, the the main character's mother offers to move back in with him, you know, because she wants to t- help take care of him during this time, and he, he has like a shock look on his face, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. no, you know, um, that can't possibly happen because, you know, when you think about it, you are just getting independent at that point in time, and yet, and yet oftentimes for these young adults, it is so important to have that family support um, many times, and we haven't really talked about this yet, but young adults are often un- uninsured. You know, they mm-hmm. maybe haven't gotten that job yet or are not working in a career where they have a job, where they have insurance. Um, so oftentimes they have some financial needs uh, for support and care during this period in time. And it is about, you know, it is about being able to provide um, you know, encouragement, information, helping with some of the practical things, but being, as Johnny talked about, kind of that, 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 that support system, that, that cheering section who provides um, not only uh, love and, and embrace during the painful times, but laughter and joy during the times that you're celebrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Johnny, in the movie, Adam... Uh, the character Adam, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he he finds that really one of his primary caregivers is his best friend Kyle, played by Seth Rogen. And and uh, again, you know, the writer uh, Will Reiser and uh, Seth Rogen were friends in real life, and and so uh, you know there was an element of this on Seth Rogen's part where he actually went through this experience, you know, with his friend Will. Um, but uh, uh, Johnny, who who were your caregivers through your experience? I mean, did you lean on on friends to support you during this time? Did you find you know perhaps you could you could talk to the guy? you know, your guy friends a little bit differently than maybe you could talk to your mother about some of what you're going through? Yeah, you know, my support team was awesome, minus the fact that I I had someone that really understood, someone that's done it before. That was the missing piece for me, Kim. You know, I had the most amazing mom in the world. She slept at the hospital when I needed her to every minute. 
every chemo, she was there. She's incredible. Um, she's yeah. the most university giving person I've ever met in my life. My brothers were great. My friends were great. A typical day for me on chemo was 15 people crowded in this small little room where the nurse had to kind of, excuse me, guys, i got to get through to the patient with this chemo bag and make a bath. <laughs> I was very lucky, you know, and that's not typical. That's atypical, as we all three know and the listeners know, and that's why it's so important we make a difference. And we keep getting these support services and friendships out there to people. But the missing piece for me, my buddies were great as well. I want to make sure I say that too. Guy friends were great. I could talk to them about it. But there was always a wall because none of them could really say to me, well, I understand because I relate and I remember and I've been there. And that's really what I'm a huge believer of in the cancer world and what an angel seeks to do is to make friendships and connections to those who understand. You know, Vicki said earlier, isolation and uh, feeling alone are two of the keys that a young adult feels while fighting cancer. And, uh, and it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah, you know, Johnny, I think what you're saying is, is I, I, you know, kind of comes through in the movie a little bit because you do see, you know, this this character Kyle played by Seth Rogen. He's like he wants to be there so badly for his friend, but he doesn't really know what to do. You know, you he's just kind of like fumbling through it a little bit and and not quite sure what the right thing is to do. And he just wants to be there and and be present and support his friend and kind of try to cre- you know create some normalcy, you know, through this experience. But um, you know, you can definitely see that that uh, that he. Is stumbling a little bit, um, and and you know that there it is. This, I think some great moments about friendship and about buddies, you know, in this uh, um, uh, in the movie. And I know that that's certainly what we're about, and that's certainly what your organization, Immerman Angels, um, is about. Really, that nobody should have to go through the cancer experience, um, you know, alone. You need the medicine, you need the doctors, but but you also need a uh, need that buddy. So so Johnny, just tell our listeners a little bit about. Immerman Angels and why you decided to, um, to to found that organization following your cancer diagnosis and, and what folks can, can find through you. For sure. Well, first of all, most importantly, we're better because of CSC and we're better because of Livestrong and American Cancer Society and so forth. Collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. I love that all our groups work so closely together because we do different things and we can cross Agreed. Based on the needs, so um, but we are we're better because of all of you, and we hope that we make it you guys better as well with our absolutely what you need. But the one need that we're focused on, it's the only one. We are program A. We'll never be a B, C, or D. We're super mission focused, and that is to simply one to one, dot by dot, connect the right two dots, so that if somebody is fighting cancer and they're an isolated dot out there floating that outlier out there who feels alone and on an island, we're going to match them up with a peer, someone who survived the same identical cancer with the same stage level, with the same treatment at the same age, who's like, look, I live across the country or across the world, but I've been there and I get it and I want to give you my survivor packet of what I've learned along the way and help you out. And that's what we do every day. Immerman Angels is about connecting the dots so no one fights this disease without empathy, and support from someone who legitimately has beaten what they got and can give them hope and prove to them if one person did it in the same shoes, there's hope. So, Vicki, before we go to our break here, just a, a little bit more about other ways that, that people can, can connect, that people can find um, support through, through the cancer journey and really why that is so important. Well, I think, you know, the, there's actual 
extensive research that has shown that um, people, you know, if you are less isolated and and have good, strong social connections and support around you, and generally you're going to have a better quality of life and you are going to do better with the cancer treatment experience. And so we know that those connections are critically important. There are so many ways to find uh, that support, either through the Cancer Support Committee, Immerman Angels, there's, there's a host of ways, either even if it's just someone in your community, um, in, throughout your work or your, your church community that can connect you to someone else, particularly someone young, and that's the hard part uh, with young adults is finding uh, someone in your age group uh, that you can talk to that can really understand what you've been going through. Um, and, uh, uh, Vicki, just a, a quick note on some of the resources that we have at the Cancer Support Community Affiliates. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We have actually we have several young adult uh, groups uh, that mm-hmm. are meeting around the country. Uh, a lot of them have kind of a social uh, bent. They go to f- movies. They um, have barbecues. They do some kind of social networking, as well as giving each other support, uh, not only through cancer but throughout their survivorship. Because there's many issues that carry on, so they can uh, go to these um, you know groups throughout our affiliates throughout the country. We have, like you said, education programs, um, healthy mind-body programs such as yoga, tai chi, things that can help you with a kind of, uh, I like what Jonathan said, he he referred to the spirit of the struggle, that there's so many pieces of that um, that you can find support for through many of our programs, kind of the whole person for education, for support, and mind-body. Fantastic. Uh, We're talking today about the new film, 50-50, that's opening this Friday. Uh, It's a comedy that explores the young adult uh, cancer experience and uh, a young man in his 20s diagnosed with cancer, his connection to his family, his friends, a therapist, and and all the ways that he's really trying to to navigate this this, uh, very difficult uh, diagnosis. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355. Or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. 
help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer, created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today we've been talking about 50-50, a film about a young man coming to terms with a cancer diagnosis. Uh, we uh, earlier in the show had Jonathan Levine, uh, the film's director, uh, on the show. We're also pleased to have Johnny Immerman, a young adult cancer survivor and founder of Immerman Angels, a wonderful partner of the cancer support community, and Vicki Kennedy, licensed clinical social worker and vice president of uh, program development at the Cancer Support uh, community. Johnny, for those uh, just joining us, just uh, uh, tell them a little bit about, tell our listeners a little bit about um, Immerman Angels and how Immerman Angels supports um, all people affected by cancer, but particularly young people affected by cancer. Absolutely. Um, I was diagnosed myself when I was 26 years old and went through cancer 26 and 28. And what I found is I had the most amazing support channels and networks from family and friends, but I missed uh, the, the friendship of someone who could look you square in the eyes or talk to you on the phone and say, look, buddy, I had that same cancer. I get it. I've been there. I beat it. I'm back in the gym. Life is better than it was before. That sort of friendship would have changed my perspective. So Everman Angels' mission, and its one and only mission, is to make sure that we find people out there in the community who feel they have cancer and live on an island, any cancer, any age, any stage level, anywhere in the world, and match them to an angel, a survivor we already know, who can say this person is like their twin, their spinning image, except three years ago, she crushed the cancer. you got to know her, you got to hear the story, and you, boom, you make a friendship. It's people helping people in the raw. It's the simplest idea, I think, in the world, and, and it's just survivors giving back and survivors motivating and opening our stories to make a difference. Hey, Johnny, what was it after your cancer experience? What was it like kind of getting back into the dating game? How was that after being a young person in your 20s with cancer? It was so hard, Kim and Vicki. I can't tell you how hard it was. And I was 26, 27. I gained 40 pounds. I hadn't been to the gym in a year or so. I used to go four or five days a week, play basketball all the time, and I wasn't doing anything. I was tired. You were nauseous. I was unconfident, socially off. Me dating was hard. I couldn't believe that any girl would go on a date with me. And I remember I finally started dating someone, and I was like, this girl, I remember thinking, this girl really, really must love me inside now who I am because she's willing to even date me, and I look like a mess, and I'm tired all the time, and I'm, I'm, I'm just down and unconfident and, and sort of the lowest point of my life. And, and at, what point, really you, at what point in dating did you, did you tell somebody that you had had cancer? 
you know, what happened to me, at what point in dating did I tell them? Um, this, for the girl they ended up dating um, after uh, my first bout with cancer, I had known before, and um, so she knew about it during. So with her, um, we dated for a couple of years, but she knew ahead of time. But to answer your question, when to say it, but I always love to tell the young adults or older people, too, when to bring it up. Whenever in your mind you're sort of 50-50, not the pun on 50-50, but whenever you're sort of on the fence, teetering, maybe it's the third date, maybe it's the 10th, maybe it's the 100th date, maybe it's, I don't know, months into it, but whenever you get to that point where you're really 50-50, maybe I should tell them now, maybe I shouldn't, I say lean on the side of telling them of open communication, of, of okay, it's probably time, and, um, and I feel comfortable to go. But we all kind of hit that point when you're sort of almost ready, you're not sure. I say take the jump. You know, if someone's really going to care for you and love you for who you are, this is a big part of who, us, who, us, who we young survivors are. And, uh, and to do it, I, I lean on the side of opening it up earlier. I see it as a filter. Um, trying to find people that genuinely um, care about who you are as a person and, and care about the important aspects, not the physical or the outside. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good advice. Um, uh, Vicki, you know, we're, we're uh, unfortunately we're getting towards the end of our show here. It's such a great conversation. But, uh, Vicki, do you, do you find that um, that fertility is a big issue for, for, for young adults with cancer? I mean, are we, uh, you know, are we kind of adequately addressing that in, in, in the medical conversations, or is that, you know, is that an important part of this? I can imagine it's something that young people, you know, maybe when you're kind of fighting for your life, it's not the first thing that, that, that comes to mind, but uh, an important topic to take on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd be curious, Johnny, your, your thoughts on this as well, but I think that, you know, really from from adolescence diagnosed with cancer well into young adulthood, um, it, it should be pretty much the standard of care today that uh, the oncologist talks to uh, to the person about fertility. Um, there are many kind of uh, fertility sparing procedures and things that can be done to um, preserve that, you know, your your opportunity to have children later in life, if it's at all possible. And it's absolutely a question young people should be bringing up with their doctors um, at the very beginning, at the very beginning of treatment. And, uh, you know, I'm hearing more and more across the country that that is the case. It isn't across the board. You know, that's why I think, you know, we have to really empower uh, empower ourselves to ask those questions um, at the time of diagnosis. Um, even if you're not thinking about having a family now, it could be something for you later. Um, and so um, if it's not brought up, it should be brought up. Um, and they're even, you know, they're bringing it up with teenagers at this point as well um, who are diagnosed so that um, they have all as many options open to them as they grow older for having a family. Right. Just uh, quickly, Johnny, a big issue. Are you hearing about this uh, from young adults across the country? Do we need to raise awareness of this? Of fertility, there's no question about it. I had a great doctor. Fertility is important, especially with young adults, and it was not something I was thinking about in the slightest. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I was single and I was thinking about girlfriends, but fertility in kids is like three, four steps, you know, down the road. Mm -hmm. And then with cancer, you're thinking, wait, I just want to live. I just want to beat this in, in C27. I mean, that's what you're thinking. And right. so my oncologist sat me down, crossed his legs, 
and said, look, this is cancer. He was amazing. And he said, we got to consider fertility. I really suggest you go bank sperm and protect yourself after chemo. You're most likely going to be sterile. And um, I was very lucky because had he not said that, there was no way. Yeah, you would have even thought of it, thought mm-hmm. of it or, or, or brought yeah. it up, or brought it up. Yeah. You know, this has been a great uh, discussion today, such an important discussion. Um, I want to thank Jonathan Levine for, you know, really uh, providing us with an insider's look at Fifty Fifty. Uh, Jonathan's the director of the movie. It opens in theaters nationwide this Friday, September 30th. Um, also want to give a big thanks to our friend Johnny Immerman. As I mentioned, Johnny is the founder and, and the head of Immerman Angels, a nonprofit that facilitates one-on-one support among cancer fighters, survivors, caregivers, uh, really by making those personalized connections. We talked earlier about really the importance of a buddy and somebody who can understand what you're going through because they've been uh, through the same thing, and uh, that's what Immerman Angels is all about. Check out their website, www.immermanangels.org, uh, or you can call them at 877-274-5529. I also want to thank our very own Vicki Kennedy for her professional take on the film and for providing information about the cancer experience uh, uh, in young adults uh, you know, from a clinical standpoint. Um, I want to encourage our listeners to tell your friends, coworkers, neighbors about 5050. Uh, share your thoughts on Facebook. Uh, share your thoughts with us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, this is a movie that should not be uh, uh, missed. It's a f- uh, film about cancer, um, and also, but also it speaks to universal themes like love and friendship and identity that that uh, that everyone uh, can relate to. Check it out at, at uh, 50-50themovie.com. For more information about the Cancer Support Community, visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Uh, uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.